is called Five Sisters by Margaret Mayhew. Chapter One, Mysterious Voices. It was a soft, still summer day. Flowers hung their heads and dreamed of rain. Petals from the climbing rose fell softly into the lily pond. Sally, who had been drawing pictures, suddenly stopped scribbling and listened. All around her, Summer was sighing a great, slow, golden, secret sigh that only she could hear. Her red felt pen seemed too slippery to hold properly. She let it fall, and it made a tiny rolling noise as it ran across the bricks. However, it was too hot for anyone, even a pen, to run far. Read to me, Nana, Sally asked her grandmother, who was half asleep in a green deck chair. It's too hot to read, Nana murmured. You draw for me instead. Draw me a nice, cool picture. It's too hot to draw, Sally said. Just tell me a story. Nana let her left hand drop sideways out of the deck chair. Here I am, whispered a piece of white paper, slyly slipping itself between her fingers. Watch, said Nana. She could not hear the paper's words, but she picked it up and folded it carefully. Here I go, the paper hissed softly, changing, changing. Nana's right hand reached out, searching for something. The red felt pen left eagerly between her twiddling fingers. As Sally watched over her shoulder, Nana began to draw on the folded paper. My turn at last, said the red line, sliding up and down the paper. I'm so excited. What am I going to be? I don't know, replied the red felt pen. All you lines come out of me, but only the hand knows what you're going to turn into. I don't know either, said the hand. I get instructions from above. But neither Sally nor Nana could hear any of these mysterious voices on that hot, still summer day. Chapter Two, The Five Sisters. It's a little girl, cried Sally. A wild, adventurous girl with sticking out ears. The girl smiled back at Sally with a crooked smile. Her feet were wearing round, strong shoes, so it looked as if she could run all the way around the world. Her skirt, her hair, and her red hair ribbon were all streaming to one side of her round face. She's blowing in the wind, said Sally, even though there's no wind today. 
That wind is inside me, muttered the white paper. I'm full of storms, stories, and secrets. Write on me, draw on me, set them all free. But Sally could not hear the voice of the paper. What's her name? She asked Nana. Alpha, said Nana. Alpha means first, and she's the first one. The first one of what? asked Sally. I'll show you, said Nana. She picked up the scissors and cut around Alpha's scarlet edges. Changing, changing, the scissors and the paper whispered to one another. Scraps fell to the ground. Nana unfolded Alpha. Suddenly there were five girls in a row, all exactly the same shape, all holding hands. What are the others called? asked Sally. Oh, Sally, I'm so thirsty, Nana said. Let's go inside and get some lemonade. Then we'll come back and think of names for them all. Lemonade with ice? asked Sally. Of course, said Nana, folding Alpha and her four sisters together again putting them on the edge of the lily pond. It's definitely a day for ice. Back in a minute, Sally promised the five sisters. Then we'll give you all names and faces. But when Nana and Sally came back with their glasses of lemonade, cool and clinking with ice, the five sisters had quite disappeared. They were not on the edge of the pool. They were not floating among the rose petals. They could not have blown away because there was not a breath of wind down by the lily pond. Perhaps a fish stuck out its head and <coughs> snapped them up, said Sally. Nana shook her head. There aren't any fish left in my pool, she said. Kingfishers have stolen them all. Nana and Sally searched everywhere, but Alpha and her sisters were not to be found. Forget them, said Nana at last. I'll cut out some more. But I want those sisters, said Sally. They've run away to have adventures, and four of them don't have names or even faces. How are they going to get on in the world without names or faces? I'll never forget them, Nana. I know I won't. Chapter 3. A Dangerous World. While Nana and Sally were in the kitchen, sliding ice into their fizzing lemonade, Alpha, lying on the bricks beside the lily pond, had begun fizzing too. Her name sang a song inside her, and suddenly there she was, wide awake, and looking up through the green leaves into the blue sky. Immediately a whole rush of words which had been hiding in the white paper rushed into her head. Where am I? What am I doing here? Alpha asked the summer air. I don't know, said a beetle, who was crawling across her. One moment I was scrambling over mossy bricks, and then, bingo bango, you came tumbling out of the sky. Who am I? Alpha asked again. Don't know, said the beetle, in its rough voice. But poor you, whoever you are, you've only got two legs, and that's just not enough to get along with. How many should I have? asked Alpha. Six, said the beetle, crawling back on the bricks again. Less than six is not enough. 
and more than six is far too many. Goodbye. And he vanished, glad to be a beetle getting along on six legs. I'll try and sit up, thought Alpha. And because she tried very hard, and her four faceless, nameless sisters all pushed with her, she actually managed to curl herself upward. But this turned out to be dangerous. Alpha wasn't used to curling. It threw her off balance. Down she fell into the lily pond. Hooray! It's a dangerous world, she shouted. But I'm glad it's not too safe to be interesting. Shall I shout for help? I don't think I can. I've been drawn too brave for that sort of shouting. And none of the other sisters could shout for help either. They had no mouths to shout with. The fifth sister, floating on the surface of the lily pond, held the others up out of the water as well as she could. Somehow, though she herself stayed dry, Alpha could feel the wetness creeping through that fifth sister, folded so neatly under her. Up in the tree that grew by Nana's back door, a kingfisher looked down into the pool, hoping to see his afternoon tea swimming through among the water lilies. Aha! A fish, he thought, and he shot down in the pool. Whiz! Snap! Off he flew with the sisters clamped in his powerful beak, making for the hole in the bank where his chicks were waiting to be fed. Chapter 4 The Island on the Edge of the Sea Alpha felt warm summer air rushing over her. Her adventurous smile grew even wider. Whee! This is fun, she cried. The kingfisher was amazed. Fun, he thought. This fish must be mad. I don't want my chicks eating mad fish. Fly faster, cried Alpha, smiling her adventurous smile, squeezing the hand of the sister next to her. The kingfisher was so alarmed at having a fish tell him what to do, and in such a happy voice, too, that he opened his beak in midair. The sisters fell free and began to drift down toward the treetops, <laughs> unfolding as they fell. However, Alpha did not look down at the leaves below her. She looked out. I can see something wonderful, she called, describing things for her sisters who had no eyes to see for themselves. There's a great big blueness. That's the sky. And then there was another big blueness under the sky. I think it must be the sea. And far, far away, right on the edge of the sea, I think I can see an island. It's a little bit misty, but yes, it really is an island. Just then, a wandering breeze snatched up the sisters for a moment or two. They couldn't be bothered going down into the gardens below, but it enjoyed tossing and teasing them, turning them over and over in the high summer air. They held hands tightly as they tumbled over the treetops with Alpha leading the way. Though they had no eyes, her four sisters could somehow feel what Alpha was seeing. Treetop pictures flowed down her arm and through her hand to the sister next to her. And she sent them to the third sister, who sent them to the fourth, who sent them to the fifth one, the wet one, 
the one who came last in the line. Wow, exciting, Alpha cried. Absoluto magnifico. The other sisters, though, did not really enjoy turning head over heels between the greenness of the trees and the blueness of the sky in quite the same way that Alpha did. Then the breeze lost interest. It dropped them and flew away over the sea. But just for a magical moment, the sisters hung, quivering in midair, held up by the secret sigh of the summer day. It is an island, Alpha cried. I can see it clearly now. I can see a ruined city full of bears. I can see cowboys, aliens from another planet, landing in their spaceship, and a gang of pirates burying treasure in the sand. That was all she had time to see and say. Drifting and swaying, first one and then the other, the sisters began floating down, down, down. Treetops rose up around them, hiding the sea and the island of adventure. At last they came to rest on short grass, shaggy with clover flowers. By now the fifth sister was drying out nicely. <clears throat> Though what with the water, the wind, and the sunshine, she was starting to wrinkle slightly. I loved flying, said Alpha. Let's fly again. Safe at last, thought the other four sisters, grateful to be resting on the grass, surrounded by the lovely scent of clover. But they were not safe. They were in terrible danger. A fearsome sound halfway between a scream and a roar burst into the sticking-out ears that Nana had drawn under Alpha's short red hair. She couldn't begin to guess what animal could make such a dreadful sound. Here it comes, cried a nearby clover plant. Here comes the lawnmower. Lie low, whatever you do. We're lying as flat as we can, replied Alpha. Breeze, breeze, where are you? But the breeze was much too far away to hear her. Chapter 5. Escape from the Shadow of a Tin Lip The lawnmower slid across the lawn, screaming as it came. I'll chase you, chip you, chop you, chew you, crunch you, munch you, scrunch you up. I'll dice you, shred you, slice like bread you, crash you, smash you, slash you up. Five sisters were sure that that was exactly what was going to happen to them. Breeze, shouted Alpha again. Breeze, where are you? Don't want to be chopped up by a lawnmower. Rescue us. Breeze. Her words whirled into the air, dancing desperately like summer gnats as the lawnmower bore down on them. Got you, it roared and the advancing shadow of its tin lip fell over the sisters, lying hand in hand among the clover flowers. But just as that terrible, greedy shadow was about to slide across them, all five sisters were snatched up and away. Someone waved them about in the air. Paper dolls, a boy's voice exclaimed in surprise. Breeze, he called. Here they are, Breeze. I've rescued them. The boy's name was Eric, and by a funny coincidence, Breeze was the name of his big sister. 
She had been working on her art folder for school the next day when she heard her name called over and over again in a thin, faraway voice, no bigger than the voice of a dancing gnat. Breeze did not know whether or not to believe in it. Nevertheless, she had gone to the window and looked into the garden below. Her mother was mowing the lawn, and there, in the very path of the lawnmower, she had seen the sisters stretched out hand in hand. So she had shouted to Eric, who had raced across the grass and snatched them up just in time. Then he carried them upstairs to the desk where Breeze was working. I wonder where they came from, Breeze said, folding and unfolding the sisters. The first one's a bit scribbly, but I like her smile. And look, she has her hair ribbon on the left side of her hair, but the second one has the hair ribbon on the right side. The third one has the same as the first. She has a left-handed ribbon, but the fourth one has a right-handed ribbon. And the fifth one, on the left, said Eric. They're like one another's reflections. Shall I paint faces and dresses for them all, asked Breeze. I think I will. She spread the five sisters out in front of her and began painting the second one. First of all, she painted a blue dress. Then while the paint dried, she painted brown hair, streaked it with yellow as if it had been bleached by the sun and tied it with a bright purple hair ribbon. By the time she had finished painting the hair and the ribbon, by the time she had finished painting the hair and the ribbon, the dress was dry too. So, choosing a very fine brush this time, Breeze stippled tiny purple and white flowers all over the blue. Then she painted black shoes and blue socks on the rounded feet. And at last, very carefully, she began to paint the face. Thin black eyebrows, bright blue eyes, red cheeks, and a red smiling mouth. As Breeze painted, she felt herself changing. What's happening to me, she wondered. I've always liked painting, but I'm actually beginning to feel as if I want to paint pictures every day for the rest of my life. These sisters are putting a spell on me. She put a tiny spot of white in each of the blue eyes, and suddenly the blue eyes sparkled and shone. There, said Breeze, sitting back and looking in a puzzled way at the second sister. Hello, said a voice, but it was a voice that only Alpha could hear. Are you there, Alpha? This is me, right next to you. Alpha's heart leapt with joy when she heard one of her sisters actually say her name. It's a funny smile, said Eric, looking at the newly painted face. She looks as if she knows a lot of secrets. Not secrets, answered Breeze. Stories. She's a storyteller. She's just been painted, said Eric. How can she know any stories? Breeze knew the answer, but she did not know how she knew it. She's made of paper, she explained to Eric. Paper has all the stories in the world hidden in it. Right now, all those stories are working their way into Cathabel's head. That's her name, by the way, Cathabel. I told her what my name was, Cathabel murmured to Alpha. They can't hear the voices of the world the way we do, but sometimes 
we can work our way into their thoughts and tell them what to say. I know a story about that. I think I know stories about many things. Paint the next one, suggested Eric, who's becoming more and more interested in the five sisters. Breeze dipped her fine paintbrush in the black paint and painted two eyes with long eyelashes and elegant arched eyebrows. Then she hesitated. I feel so strange, she said. I feel as if I've changed from being one thing into being another. I'm going down to the garden to look around and throw Frisbee for the dog to chase. I'll finish the faces later. And she leaned the five sisters hand in hand against books at one end of her bookshelf. They were standing right behind a china pig dressed in a clown suit. He was holding a big book in one of his front trotters and waving a white stick striped with gold in the other. He had green eyes with specks of darkness in them, which were like sparkles turned inside out. Anyone with a head full of stories, anyone like Cathabel, say, could easily recognize a wicked magician. And judging from that inside-out sparkle in his eyes, a magician who was not only wicked, but angry as well. Read the next chapter, read the next chapter, read the next chapter.